0: Welcome to the Live Nourish podcast. I'm your host, Katerina Greer. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and the founder of LiveNourish.co, where you can find my blog, recipes, and services. On this podcast, I chat about all things health and wellness related to help you live a nourished life. Remember the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice. It is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now let's get started. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're all having a great week so far. So on today's episode, I have on my good friend, Lisa, and she just graduated from nutrition school. She is a registered holistic nutritionist, and I'm just so excited to be chatting with her all about just hormones, periods, PMS, just all the women things. So I'm just so excited to have her on. So I know you guys are going to love it. And yeah, let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. I'm so excited to have you today.
1: Hi, I'm so excited to be here too. I have been looking forward to this all week. Yay. So why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you currently do? All right. Yeah. So my name is Lisa. I am a registered holistic nutritionist. I actually just graduated this summer from CSNN here in Vancouver. So I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Um, I'm very passionate about women's health and hormones and periods and fertility and the whole shebang. Um, I am an office manager for the cutest little wellness clinic called The Nest here in Cloverdale. Um, I've been working at this clinic since about November of 2019, but I previously worked with my boss at a different clinic for a few years as well. I just recently got married. Well, I guess it's been like a year and a bit now in May 2020. Um, So we had a little COVID wedding. It was um, a little upsetting at first having to change our wedding plans, but it ended up being the best day ever and I wouldn't change it for the world well, I would actually change one thing and that would be wearing my wedding dress because I didn't right. actually wear my wedding dress Yeah, I thought we were gonna do like mm-hmm. another celebration once the world um, like opened up again with everyone mm-hmm. else that was on our uh, wedding list, but mm-hmm. it didn't happen, hasn't happened yet. So I would wear my wedding dress if I was to go back and do it again. Um, but other than that, it was the best day ever. We had it in the backyard. It was perfect and yeah. That's great. Well,
0: congratulations on being a nutritionist right now (laughs) recently. (laughs) So exciting. Um, What got you into nutrition?
1: Yeah, so this is actually an interesting story. I really wanted to be a midwife after high school. Mm -hmm. I went away to YWAM, um, Youth with the Mission, I don't know if you've heard of it, Mm -hmm. um, in Australia right after high school. Um, So I was there for six months. And while I was there, I spent time in Papua New Guinea, which is quite close to Australia. Um, And we traveled through rural villages and gathered information um, for a medical ship that was going to be coming to those villages in the future. And my job was to actually interview the village elders. And I learned so much. I learned that so many women and children die of child, like during childbirth in Papua New Guinea every year. Due to experience, like experiences that don't happen here in the first world, like they give birth in the bushes, it's not sanitary. They don't have access to the same kind of medical interventions that we do here. Um, so it was really sad. Um, and when I got back, I decided, oh, I want to be a midwife. So I ended up getting a job at a midwifery and naturopathic clinic for a few years. Um, and while I was working there, I decided that although I loved midwifery, I loved everything it stood for, I just didn't think it was going to be for me. Um, I just really like my sleep. I don't know. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I really loved working with the naturopaths while I worked there. Um, and I loved learning about like the different supplements and treatment options and really just how big of an impact nutrition has on the body. Um, so when the pandemic started, um, it was kind of a blessing for me almost because I, yeah, the clinic was changing and um, they needed to like reduce my hours a little bit. Um, and so I had the opportunity, I was just married. So I had a little bit of a financial support to go and pursue nutrition at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. So yeah, the the pandemic was a little bit of a blessing to me, Um, kind of bittersweet, but yeah, it made it possible for me to finally start uh, my nutrition schooling. Oh,
0: I love that. Yeah, I think a lot of people, I feel like, started school last year because of the pandemic, or, you know, like, moved, like, changed their life in a way, um, which is pretty cool, but obviously, still a sad thing that, you know, pandemic. It's a pandemic, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) totally. But what's still, I guess, um, what steps have you taken to like heal your body? Um, Just like with nutrition, with you just like studying, like what I guess things have like, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, of course. So I feel like my healing journey has been a long one and it's a journey that I'm still on. I think many of us are on the same page when it comes to that. Um, I really got into nutrition because I have always struggled with super irregular painful period since I was about 18. Okay. Um, I was put on hormonal birth control as a teenager. And you know what, it was really for no reason, because mm-hmm. I never had, I never had irregular or painful periods before that. But my sister, she started taking it. And I guess it was okay. just like the thing that you do. I don't know, you turn 16, you just get put on hormonal birth control. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, I almost thought it was cool which is so crazy looking back now um, with the perspective that I have now, um, I would definitely not do that again. Um, But I believe that because I did that, I was only on hormonal birth control for, I want to say like a year, maybe a year and a half. Mm -hmm. But I truly believe that when I came off of hormonal birth control, that was Kind of what led my body down this like spiral, which led to like irregular cycles and PMS and all of all of the above. Um, when I came off of hormonal birth control, that was right before I was heading to Australia. So I just assumed, oh, like all of these symptoms of my period are probably because I'm traveling and away from home, and it'll probably regular like regulate itself once I get home, um, which it never did. So. Um, yeah, it was crazy. I'd have cycles that were short, like twenty three days. I'd have cycles oh, wow. that were like fifty to sixty days. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, yeah, truly crazy. Um so some of the things that I've done to support my body and this healing journey is to actually nourish my body. Mm-hmm. Um when I was a teenager, I was so afraid of gaining weight that I was just not eating enough food. And I didn't even know, like I didn't even realize it. It wasn't until Mm -hmm. I went to nutrition school that I was like, man, I don't eat enough food. Um, So really focusing on um, getting enough food and keeping my uh, meals like blood sugar balancing. So having Mm -hmm. like a good source of fat and protein and fiber in each meal um, has been super beneficial and helpful for me. Another thing was also fixing my gut. I am lactose intolerant, um, but I never, I never listened to my body. So I would eat dairy quite frequently, even though I would experience so much like gas, like digestive upset Mm. from eating dairy. Um, I actually found out that I was lactose intolerant when I worked at an ice cream shop as a teenager. No. (laughs) Yeah. Oh gosh. It was not fun. Mm. Um, But yeah. So once I stopped, I cut out the dairy um, cow dairy. I'm okay with goat dairy, but um, yeah, and started working towards healing my gut. I definitely noticed a huge difference. Supporting my liver is another step that made yes. like a world of a difference when it comes to my healing uh, journey and my hormones. Um, our liver is so important and very involved in our hormones mm-hmm. um, as it's like the biggest organ in the body. It's, it plays a huge role in detoxification of excess hormones and toxins. So yeah, once I started to really support my liver by like eating a lot of bitter foods and having a warm lemon water in the morning, and I absolutely love dandelion root tea. I don't know if you it's drink good. that as well. It's yeah. good, hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it definitely made a big difference when it came to my hormones and especially my uh, like painful periods and my breast tenderness. I found mm-hmm. I used to get yeah. very painful. Um, like breast tenderness in mm-hmm. the second half of my cycle. So that really helps. Um, another game changer for me was sleep. I yeah. used to, yeah, I used to go to bed so late. I would be up um, until like two o'clock in the morning wow. regularly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, as soon as I started prioritizing getting like eight hours of sleep and going to bed mm-hmm. before 11, I felt mm. so much better. Sleep is so important for our mm. hormones. Yeah. Um so that has been yeah, that has been a game changer for me. Um and creating like a nighttime routine was yeah. so helpful for this. Also yeah. magnesium glycinate. That is one oh, of my yeah. favorite yeah. supplements. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could live without it. Yeah. Um lastly, the one thing that I have done that I think has also made a huge di- difference is um doing acupuncture. Have you ever done acupuncture yeah, mm-hmm. before?
0: Yeah, I go, um, there's a college here at Pacific Rim, and so our friend's actually studying it, and so it's a really great deal to go. Um, it's like $35. I'm um, just start, like the community, and you get just, yeah, acupuncture, it's great. Wow, that's yeah. amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have really loved it. Any cycle that I've done acupuncture in, I have ovulated, and it, my cycle has been like regular, it's come like at a normal time frame right. and so yeah it's and it's so relaxing I don't know I just love it <laughs> just like fall asleep almost just yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah but yeah those are honestly so many good things that you're doing like nutrition sleep like exercise yeah acupuncture just like everything like herbs yeah so what is one thing that surprised you when you were studying nutrition that you learned
1: okay I truly think I was just Mind blown by how powerful food is, like how the foods we eat impact every single system in our body. I don't think I truly understood that concept before I got into nutrition school. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew eating healthy was important, but I had no idea how and why and all the little details. Mm-hmm. I also just loved like learning about eating for the menstrual cycle and nourishing Mm -hmm. your body in each phase of the cycle. So that was really cool as well.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. I feel like I learned about that maybe like last year, how there's different things that you can do or changing up your skincare too, when it's like your menstrual cycle, I've heard and I'm like, what? This is like very like cool and yeah, different, which (laughs) I just never heard of.
1: Yeah, I think it's because in society like we function on like a 24 hour clock like men do women yeah yeah. women don't but like we're we're almost like society is built so that we have to so it's hard because as a woman like your cycle is so much longer like our cycles are Mm -hmm. like around 28 days and so having to live in a society that is built upon a 24 hour clock is it's hard it's It's hard hard. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Definitely like against our rhythm for sure. Like our rhythm is like not to go with that, but it's like we're kind of forced, like you know,
1: totally, to just do yeah.
0: that all the time. But yeah, let's just transition over into women's health. So in set side class in middle school, girls are given just a short talk about their period and are just given pads, tampons, and that's basically it. They aren't like taught about the different phases of like the menstrual cycle. Um, would you just be able to explain the four cycle, the four phases? in a woman's menstrual cycle and what each one
1: does yes I think this one is so important this is like my favorite question because I totally remember being I think it was like grade six or seven and having The sex ed talk and like periods. And I don't know if you ever got your period at school and was given like a pad. It is like a maxi pad. Like, I feel like this pad is like what you would be given after you give birth in the hospital. (laughs) Like, they are huge, not discreet at all. Like,
0: you can probably
1: see them through your pants. Oh my gosh. It's just traumatizing. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Thankfully, Um, I got mine at home, but.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. But. So yeah, this is probably one of my favorite things to talk about. And there's so much more to this than I think mm-hmm. most people know. So I'm just going to give you like the gist of it because mm-hmm. I honestly could talk for like hours about it. Um, so yeah, the menstrual cycle is broken down into four phases, the menstrual phase, the follicular phase, the ovulatory phase, and the luteal phase. Um, so day one of your cycle is the first day of true bleeding, which is the beginning of menstrual phase. So this phase typically lasts anywhere from three to seven days, depending on the person. Um, This is the point in your cycle that your hormones are at their lowest level. Um, So you may also experience a drop in energy as well and kind of just wanting to be inside, maybe be alone. Um, It is the drop in estrogen and progesterone that actually initiates the shedding of the uterine lining. And so the estrogen and progesterone are are female sex hormones. so, foods to enjoy in the menstrual phase are really like mineral rich foods. So, mm-hmm. like sea vegetables, red meat, fish, beets, root veggies, mm-hmm. all of these foods like that support um, the loss of minerals from menstruation. Mm-hmm. So, then as your period ends, we head into the follicular phase. This phase lasts from the end of your period to just before ovulation. So, around day seven, depending on when your cycle ends, to around day 13, or maybe a little later, depending on when you ovulate. During this phase, your estrogen is rising as well as your energy levels. So, during this phase, um, healthy fats are really important because they are the backbone of our um, hormones. And so, foods that support yeah, foods that support like healthy, um, healthy hormones are gonna be like your healthy fats. They're going to be foods that support liver and detoxification. So um, some of my favorites are like avocados or oysters or pumpkin seeds or fermented foods are also really great because they help support detoxification. Um, yeah, so then once the follicular phase kind of transitions into the ovulatory phase, um, ovulation is actually the star of the menstrual cycle most people don't realize that we think that the menstrual cycle is all about our periods but really ovulation is the main star here it's, it's a key player in our menstrual cycle um, so ovulation happens around day 14 to 17 in a healthy cycle um, our energy levels are highest at this point, um, which is great. We're usually feeling really good about ourselves and we're feeling really self-confident in this time of our cycle, which I think is kind of fun. Um, and it's just like our natural instinct. Cause I mean, ovulation, our bodies are prepped to like want to reproduce. Right. So uh, around ovulation, that's when we're feeling good. Our sex drive might be higher, mm-hmm. um, we might feel less hungry as well um, in this phase of the cycle. So you might want to be like eating more lighter meals. So like salads, juices, um, antioxidant-rich foods, so fruits, veggies. Um yeah. So then once ovulation happens, we enter into the luteal phase. And I like to break this phase up into two sections because it's the longest phase. Mm-hmm. So this phase goes from around day 17 to 28, or when you get your next period. Um, Once we ovulate, the the follicle that released an egg um, during ovulation, it turns into what's called the corpus luteum. So the corpus luteum is what actually produces progesterone, which is the dominant hormone in the second half of the cycle or in the luteal phase. So in the beginning of the luteal phase, you will most likely still have quite a bit of energy as you're coming off from that high from ovulation. Um, But then as we transition into like the second half of the luteal phase, your hormones are starting to kind of drop to initiate your next period. You may start feeling less energy, an increase in appetite as progesterone can actually increase your appetite. And this is the part of your cycle where if you experience PMS, you will experience it here. This phase is great for eating... Richer foods like soups and stews and squashes, sweet potatoes, and my favorite is dark chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> for this part of the phase of your cycle, so
0: good! Yeah, wow, yeah, I really wish that that was talked about in like, yeah, grade six, grade seven. We're learning our period, not just like given like the anatomy of like your body, but then given all these recommendations for like foods that you can eat and whatnot but yeah, not just like the pad, like, here you go, this is what you need to do. Totally,
1: especially because mm -hmm. when we first start, like, our periods, (laughs) our cycles are, like, irregular, they, like, we don't know, like, Mm -hmm. we don't know to chart our cycles, like, keep track of them, and, like, yeah,
0: yeah, it's crazy, it's so true, though, Mm -hmm. and it's just so interesting how, I don't know, there's just, like, so many different phases, right, like, the four different phases, and then, like, literally, the two phase being the longest and I feel like it's very important because
1: there's like the first half and the second half totally yeah I love splitting it up that way because I feel like the in your luteal phase the first half you feel totally different than the second half yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's, and there's so many different things that come into play with the menstrual cycle. Like Mm -hmm. we talked about the foods today that are great for around the different phases of the menstrual cycle, but Mm -hmm. your energy, your like productivity, your creativity, like all Mm -hmm. of that kind of changes throughout your cycle, which we obviously don't have time to get into today, but right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some signs that your cycle may be off or out of balance? Yes, okay, so for starters, if anything has changed with your cycle. So we all have off months, especially if you have like a big life change or stressor happen, this can throw off your cycle a bit, that's normal. Um, But I'm talking like something has changed with your cycle and you've noticed it for a few cycles now, Um, that can be an indicator. Some other common signs that your cycle could be out of balance is an irregular or missed period heavy or painful period, intense mood changes, breast tenderness, headaches, low libido, insomnia, spotting throughout your cycle. Honestly, the list could go on. But that's why I think it's really important that you track your cycle. And when I say track your cycle, I don't just mean like the first day that your period starts and ends because there's just so much more to it that we don't yeah, have time to get into today, but Tracking symptoms that you experience, even if they don't seem like they're related to your your hormones, like a headache, for example, Mm -hmm. if you always experience a headache around the same time in your cycle, that could be a good indication that something is off with your hormones. So I always encourage clients to track their symptoms as well, because it can be fun to look back as well. Like once you start working on your cycle, to look back at previous cycles and notice how far you've come. Like, look, you don't experience breast pain starting on day 24 of your cycle anymore that's amazing
0: yeah that's great um but yeah there's so many different symptoms it's like wild and I feel like lots of women say that they're like normal but it's like no it's not normal unfortunately totally. Um, so yeah really tracking your cycle and like just seeing like how it is like through like your cycle to just like see how you're doing
1: totally it's such a good I've heard it said I uh, said before that it's like the fifth vital sign
0: yeah no I've heard that too yeah (laughs) so what are some herbs that help when you are
1: menstruating okay I'm so glad you asked because herbalism is something that I'm just starting to dive into and becoming really interested about um and would love to like pursue more down the road you're you're a community herbalist right Mm -hmm, yeah so fun Um, So I have a few herbs. Um, You probably have more info on this than I do, but let's get started. Okay. So one of my favorites is red raspberry leaf. Mm, Most people, yeah, most people, if you've ever like been pregnant before or around someone that's pregnant, you probably know of red raspberry leaf as the tea that you drink in like the latter half of your pregnancy to prep your body for labor and birth. Mm Yeah. Which is so true. Um, but the reason why is because it's so nourishing and supportive to the uterus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's one of my favorites when it comes to supporting menstruation and, and like uterine cramping and whatnot, like painful cramps. Um, the red raspberry leaf can be super supportive for that. Another one that I love is nettles. Mm, yes, nettles. Yeah. So <laughs> Everyone's probably heard of stinging nettles before, but this herb is so amazing because it's so nourishing to the whole body. And one of the reasons that I really like nettles to support menstruation is because they can actually be great for supporting heavy periods due to their astringent nature. Um, And because we bleed once a month, I love nettles as they support iron levels as well. Um, They've also been thought to be anti-inflammatory. So anyone that struggles with cramping, this is always a good thing. Um, And then one last one here, it's a little bit different, is Vitex. I love Vitex um, because it's shown to reduce heavy flow, restore ovulation, and improve progesterone and estrogen levels, and can even help with PMS symptoms. Yeah, for this one, I'd recommend working with a practitioner to figure out if it's a good Mm -hmm. option for you.
0: Yeah, those are all great. Yeah, I love Nettle. It's so nourishing and just, yeah, so good. Um, And I could just like yeah. The taste is really great too. I really like it. Like I love doing like an infusion like overnight with it, but also cramp bark I was going to add um, is really good. Cause like, it's like yes. a name. So like it helps your cramps, like cramp bark. That one's yeah. really
1: good
0: too. So good. I yeah. love that. What can you do to help ease pain or inflammation before your period begins?
1: Yeah. So I truly believe that what you do in the first half of your cycle directly impacts the second half of your cycle. So yeah, this time of the month is like the second half of the cycle is the time of the month that women most commonly experience like PMS symptoms. So yeah, I like to take it back to the first half of the cycle. And what are you doing in the first half of your cycle? Like what foods are you eating? What's your activity level? Like what's like, what's your sleep? Like so many things play a role into this. So if you are someone that is struggling with a lot of cramping and bloating before your period uh, even begins or during your period, inflammation may be an underlying factor for you. I truly believe that finding the root cause of why you're experiencing symptoms is so important. So let's talk about inflammation a little bit here. Um, Whenever we experience pain, there is no doubt a little bit of inflammation present. Um, They kind of come hand in hand. So, here are some of my favorite things to do to ease pain and inflammation before your period begins. Now, I want to start by talking about foods to add in. I know a lot of times we kind of talk about foods to take out. And yes, I agree. We should definitely take out some foods, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think kind of focusing on what to add in can be really helpful because I think a Mm -hmm. lot of the times people get a little bit overwhelmed when oh my gosh, I have to take out this and this and this. But if they focus more on like adding foods in, then I feel like you naturally kind of start to decrease the amount of the other foods that you're eating anyways. So foods that I love to add in are um, anti-inflammatory foods and spices. So some of my favorite favorites right now are like turmeric and ginger I love them because they go so well with like warm, hearty dishes. And that's kind of like what you, I don't know about you, but what I love to start eating this time of year as we head into fall and winter other foods are like good quality fats like avocado and coconut oil and pea Um, and adding in like fatty fish like salmon or sardines is really amazing because they're full of omega-3s, which is anti-inflammatory. A specific food that I love for this is flax seeds as well. So they're rich in omega 3s and have an anti inflammatory quality. However, they're also phytoestrogen, which is directly related to plant estrogen. So similar to the estrogen our body makes, but much weaker. So phytoestrogens can be estrogenic or anti estrogenic. And what I love about flax seeds is that they can be so supportive to our estrogen levels. And like I mentioned before about like finding the root cause of why you're experiencing pain and inflammation. And one factor could be an imbalance in estrogen and progesterone. So supporting estrogen levels is really, really great for PMS symptoms. Another substitution that I'll say is I have had a lot of success with sub- subbing caffeine for an herbal tea before your period mm-hmm. begins. A lot of the times caffeine can be known to increase cramping and even breast tenderness. Um, so this is a great time to try the red raspberry leaf or nettles. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, even matcha. I know it still has a bit of caffeine, mm-hmm. but I've found that it, it's it's a lot better for those with a lot of pain premenstrually. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have quite as much of an effect as coffee does mm-hmm. um, on, on cramping. And then of course, like cutting out inflammatory foods, such as like processed and refined sugars and hydrogenated oils canola oil and vegetable oil and all of mm-hmm. that. And a big one is the foods that you're sensitive to. If you are sensitive yeah. to certain foods and you're still eating them, that's going to cause inflammation in your gut and inflammation in your body systemically, which is going to lead to more pain and inflammation around your menstrual cycle Mm -hmm.
0: no yeah those are all just so many good things yeah and I really like how you focused on things that you can add and then you know hopefully when you're adding in all these good foods then slowly the junk food would just leave (laughs) so it's true
1: and you know I totally understand like junk food is addicting like sugar is addicting Um, but I think like the more that we focus on the healthy foods we can add in um, our taste buds change and we don't crave things as much anymore. And keeping your blood sugar balanced is so important for that. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's so true. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can everyone find you and connect with you?
1: Yeah, so the best place that you can find me is on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. My Instagram handle is at Louisa Rose. So that's L-E-E-Z-A-R-O-S-E. Yeah, that's probably where I'm the most active. So you can find me there.
0: Yay. And one last question. Um, What is one thing that you do to live nourished?
1: Yes. Okay. Well, to be honest, sleep is a big one for me. I, Mm -hmm. that's the first thing that came to my mind. I truly prioritize sleep and I will go to bed early. I used to have FOMO. I don't have FOMO anymore because it's just made such a big difference in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'd probably say just really prioritizing and getting good quality sleep. I love that. And I feel like
0: it's so overlooked. But yeah, sleep is just truly just so good. And our body needs to rest and needs to sleep. So
1: it's so true.
0: Yeah. Thanks yeah. so
1: much for having me. I really oh. appreciate it. It's been so fun.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope you all enjoyed it. And I would really appreciate it if you just left a reading interview on iTunes. And yeah, I'll see you all next week. Bye for now.